Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Wondering where to start? Do you have questions about mortgage and real estate and need honest, accurate answers? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Educated Home Buyer with expert real estate broker, Jeb Smith, and certified mortgage consultant, Josh Lewis, where we discuss everything you need to know to buy right, borrow smart, and build wealth through real estate ownership. Welcome back to The Educated Home Buyer, where our goal is to help you buy right, borrow smart, and build wealth through real estate ownership and financing. Today's episode, we're gonna address the age-old question of rent versus buy, when it makes sense to rent a home and when it makes sense to buy a home. Josh, we've talked about this numerous times on many different platforms, and a lot of times we don't really get into the really the foundation. Um, we just talk about, you know, renting and buying, but let's start with the foundation of, of and the importance of home ownership, and then we can kind of dive into the differences in the two and help you make sense of which one is the right for you. Absolutely. If we wanted to, we could have the shortest, boringest episode of the podcast ever. Should you rent or should you buy? You should buy. And that would be the end of it. But there's obviously a bunch more nuance to that. Um, back in episode one, we did a deep dive. Home ownership is the right answer. 65% of Americans plus or minus at any given time of, of American households choose to own their home versus renting. And those folks end up with 44 times greater net worth. So um, for all of those reasons, in, in a lifetime, owning is the right decision. But it doesn't mean that in any given moment in your lifetime, owning is the right decision. So in the current environment, Jeb, we're looking at something different than, than what we've seen pre and during the pandemic. Pre-pandemic, the affordability numbers, um, rates were relatively low, home prices were reasonable. They had approached the levels from 2008, but not exceeded them, um, while income had gone up and rates had come down. So from an affordability perspective, um, most two-income families could afford a home in most parts of the country. For us in Southern California, Orange and LA County, it was still a little, little tough, but where are we at right now? We are now two years uh, post-pandemic. Um, the government did some crazy things, pushed rates to super low levels, um, some things with people being able to move about the country. Um, home values went up 35 to 40% over the last two years. And then over the last eight months, interest rates have shot up 50% or 100%, have doubled. We went from 3% to about 6% as of the time of this podcast. So that changes the calculus. So really, what we're gonna talk about today is who does it make sense to rent for right now, even if your longer term perspective is to own. So to, to me, that's really what that rent versus own question comes down to today. Because if you're listening to this podcast, you probably wanna own a house. You're just trying to decide when is the right time. So I read something yesterday, of course it's from the CFPB, and they said, uh, as a consumer, when you're looking at shopping for a mortgage, don't take advice from someone who can make money in the transaction, such as a realtor or a lender. And I said, oh, that's really cool because yes, while we both have a vested interest in someone buying uh, a home or getting a loan, we also have more knowledge and experience with this than anyone else you could talk to. So they basically said, don't talk to the people that know what they're talking about with this because they might make a commission and they might be biased. Right. The whole purpose of this podcast is to give you unbiased information and that's the direction we're gonna go. So before I turn it back to you, Jeb, that one last thing, a, a quote I always like to point to, 
the chief economist for the National Association of Realtors in 2007. He was retiring. He was going, he was retiring in that post. He was quitting that post and going into private practice. A journalist asked him, said, hey, what do you think uh, about the future of the housing market and are we in a bubble? He says, ask me that question in two weeks when I'm no longer the chief economist for the National Association of Realtors. So there is some wisdom in considering where you get the information from. The thing I like to say, Jeb and I are going to sell houses and do loans until we retire. So that doesn't mean that I'm going to try and talk everyone into buying now today. I want to be your source of knowledge and information to make an educated decision so that when the time comes, we can do that loan for you or that Jeb can sell you that house. So what? the purpose of the conversation is unbiased information to help you make an educated decision for you and your family. Yeah, I mean, you'd be crazy to think that we we didn't want to benefit from from giving out this information, right? We, but we at the same time, we're trying to educate the consumer. Why? Because it makes your life a hell of a lot better as the consumer. You understand the process. You understand the nuances. You understand what needs to be done. The transaction. It's a you know, it's a less of a headache for you. And as your agent, it's less of a headache for me because I'm not having to go over a lot of the the basics, even though we might touch on them. I'm not teaching you the process. And that's what this, this podcast is about. But, you know, I also want to talk about Josh. We have both benefited tremendously from owning real estate. It's not like we're two guys sitting here that, that, that live in our mother's basements, never owned a house. And we're telling you to buy a house just because we want to make money off the transaction. That's, that's not what it's about at all. It's really about me taking the mistakes I made as, you know, someone in my early twenties, buying real estate didn't really have the foundation in in you know um in many ways because no one ever taught it to me um and you know using those mistakes to help you guys as the consumer understand but at the end of the day that 44 times greater net worth I'm taking my piece of that I'm benefiting from that so is Josh I mean you know multiple properties that we've owned over you know our lifetimes and probably many more to come so that's where we're coming from when we're talking about renting versus buying. And, and you know, Josh and I will will both tell you it's not always a great time to buy. And at the moment, you've got to be a little bit more cautious just because of the appreciation that we've seen, just because of, you know, economic turmoil, just things happening in the market. You there, There's certain things you need to factor in when making that decision. And we're going to touch on a couple of those here right now, Josh. So let's start. Yeah. Jeb, why don't why don't we do this? I I, I have an idea because you, you and I were having a conversation yesterday. And you said, "Hey, um, this is a different, unique market, and it's a difficult market for buyers." But my phone rings every day with people wanting to buy a home. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here doing pre-approvals every day for people wanting to buy a home. And in the current market, some of them don't qualify, and they're going to have to put it off, and some sure. things are going to have to change. But why don't we start with? Um, the people who are deciding to buy. What are some of the common factors, Jeb, of the people that are calling you that are want, willing and able to buy a home in the current market? What, no, are, I, what are their motivating factors? I feel like, I mean, that's good. That's a good place to start. And, and there, there's two different couples at the moment that uh, I'm I'm going to approach. Actually, there's, there's three different couples that we could talk about that I'm working with at the moment, actually physically writing an offer. Not that we're showing property, we're writing an offer. Um, one happens to be my brother and sister-in-law. Um, they, they owned a property a couple of years back at, well, for the last couple of years, they sold it in, in spring of this year. They did very, very well on owning that property, even though they only owned it a short period of time. Um, they are married. They just found out recently that they're now having uh, firstborn, you know, they, they, you know, and they want to get into a property. They want to start that foundation 
families coming together, you know, you know, and and they understand the the benefits of home ownership. I mean, for one, they just benefited from that, but they see the long-term gains and they want to have a place to call home, right? I mean, most importantly, that's where they're at. So they're they're really trying to build that foundation for themselves. Second couple, similar situation. Uh boyfriend or fiance lives in San Diego. Um, girlfriend, fiance lives in in Huntington Beach. And I asked him, I said, why, why are you buying a house now? He's in the mortgage business, by the way, um, in San Diego. So why are you buying a house now? Well, because we're about to get married. I said, okay, but why? Why now? Why not wait until you get married? You're not getting married till March. Why do you want to do it now? Well, we want to start building um, essentially that 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 nest egg, if you will, together because we feel like it's the right time for us. We, you know, He's moving up from San Diego. I want to get away from Huntington. We're trying to find a, a property together. In this case, they're looking at Newport Beach, and they found a condo that works for him. Now he's he's been a homeowner before. He actually owns another property that he's going to be renting out, and he he's buying another property. So this is someone that owns in the current market, not selling it, and buying something else. So a little bit different situation there. Um, but essentially, it kind of goes with the first one. They're looking to build a foundation and come together and start a family, if you will. Um, even though kids and and none of that's part of the picture at the moment, they just want to be together and they want to have something they own. Uh, the last situation, this couple lives in Utah and they're actually looking to buy an investment property. So they're or a second home rather. So they're looking to buy a property here locally, Huntington Beach, um, that they can come and spend some time at. Right. They want to get out of the cold, come to a warmer climate and have a place to go. They also own a property. Um, so none of these people are, are necessarily first time home buyers, But I think that's also important to note that these people do own real estate and even with the craziness in the market at the moment, rates going up, you know, housing market slowing, they still see the benefits of owning property because of the things that we're going to talk about in this video, Josh. Absolutely. And and let me follow up with a couple of, of people. Another gentleman who had reached out to you about possibly renting and, and you, you, the rent was high yep. where he's at. And, and he was open to seeing what it would look like to buy right. um, husband and wife. They have kids. Um, there's downsides to renting, which if you're renting, you know all too familiar what those are and why you would consider owning. So we ran through the numbers. He looked at the numbers for what it would take uh, about a million dollars plus or minus. They were going to have to leave Huntington Beach to go to a neighboring city that's a little more affordable. And the payment was going to go up significantly for them in the current market. And they've looked at it. They haven't made a final decision, but probably deciding to continue to rent until a, a more affordable entry point. Um, another one gentleman reached out to me last week from a Google review, found us online. Um, he worked in, in Seattle for the last 20 years. He bought his first house for 180,000, sold that, bought one for 230,000, sold that, bought it for 300,000, sold the last house for $450,000. And now he's looking in Southern California at a million three. Um, and he's going to do it. He knows that prices are elevated. He knows that interest rates are elevated. He has always been a homeowner. He and his family want to be homeowners and they are in a good position with good income and they can afford to buy in the current market. So just an overview of some of the folks that are out there. I often also get calls from folks who are at the entry level. We are, I got a gentleman to talk to today. We're gonna to run through the numbers and it's gonna be a stretch. They're looking at a, a $500,000 home in Stockton. So all over the place, but every day the phone rings with people wanting to buy. So today what we're talking about, how do you navigate that decision? Do I buy 
or do I continue renting? And if I do continue renting, what are the changes? What am I looking for that changes to find that entry point? Because again, you're not looking at the Educated Home Buyer podcast for confirmation that you should be a renter for the rest of your life. You're looking to find out when should I buy? How do I buy? Is it safe for me to buy? And that's what we're going to talk about today. No, and and, and last thing I'll note on, on those conversations, because these, these are things, I mean, we're, we're talking or whatever. And with my brother and sister-in-law, I can be probably a little bit more candid than I can with other couples because they we know each other on a different level. And, you know, the thing is, hey, listen, we're having this conversation and I'm very bluntly saying, hey, listen, you have to own this property or be willing to own this property for an extended period of time. Now, extended period of time, what does that mean? Five, seven, 10 years? I, I don't know what that number is, but if you're thinking I'm buying it today, I'm going to make a little bit of money and I'm going to sell this property and buy another one. And I'm going to kind of build this rolling net worth by buying and selling. I don't know that this is the market to do that. I mean, the first thing that we're going to talk about here in, in buying a property versus renting is the idea of having that longer term time horizon. Not because Josh and I are sitting here saying the market is going to crash. This is important in any market because what it does is it allows you know you to withstand those bumps in the road take them you know as a little speed bump if you will and keep moving forward you know a speed bump when you're in a car doesn't stop you from going forward it just slows down a little bit right versus climbing up a mountain that's going to that's going to slow you that's really going to slow you down you're not going to be able to just go over that mountain um and and that's kind of where we are at the moment right prices have been elevated for the last couple of years we're seeing rates up and something's got to give a little bit in order for the market to move forward. And so because we've appreciated so much over that last couple of years, I mean, we, we've talked about it many times before, the average appreciation um, over, you know, through the United States over the last 65 years, I think it was, was like 4.7%, I believe is the number. And that didn't just happen. It's not 4.7% every year. Sometimes it's 4.7%. And the next year, it's 1%. And then next year might be 7% and then it might be 2% or it might be up two years of 35 to 40%, which we've seen, and then five to seven years, a flat, really no appreciation. And so that's what we're talking about when we talk about that longer term time horizon. And it's important, Jeb, not just to ask the borrower, hey, what do you think your time horizon is? We want to know what else is going on in your life. With your job, um, does your employer have locations around the country? Could a promotion take you to Texas or Tennessee or Michigan? Um, if so, we want to be more careful. Um, okay, you just got married. What is your plan for having children? Because we're looking at two-bedroom condos, and you just told me you want to have three kids in the next five years. That tells us that some lifestyle choices are not going to afford you that longer-term time horizon to, to withstand any of those speed bumps. So it's important to consider all of that. Uh, something as simple as, hey, I'm dating someone right now, but we might be getting married. That could change things. What are the things in your life? It doesn't mean that you're an unstable person. It means there's things in your life that are keeping you from having that ability to commit to a five to seven year time horizon. And it's important that you think those through. Uh, all that being said, I've had people buy a home and nine months later, hey, I got a job offer. I can't refuse. We got to move to New York. Yeah. Unforeseen. No way you could see it coming. So, well, you know, you've heard the saying before, man plans, God laughs. Um, we still want to do our planning so that we're making the best decisions possible. No. And, and on top of that, that longer term time horizon, 
I mean, you, these are basic things, but you've got to have, you know, money for a down payment. You've got to have the credit. You've got to have reserves. I mean, you've got to be able to, to actually qualify for the house. I mean, if you're sitting there debating, should I rent or should I buy, but you have no money in the bank, you have, you know, your credit's not great. You're not really in that position. Then I think the answer is probably pretty easy, but what you can do is use this as a stepping stone to figure out what you need to do, what where you need to be, um, if you will, to, to be in the right place at that time. And so, you know, we talk about it all the time, being comfortable with the monthly payment. This isn't an environment to start stretching yourself, right? Even if you believe rates are going to come down at some point in the future and you're saying, you know what, today that's 6%. I'm really, really stretching this. I don't know how I'm going to make this work, but I know rates are going to come down in, in six months or a year. I'm just going to refinance it and then I'll be fine. Probably not the right decision, in my opinion. Now, some people will use that and leverage themselves and and end up OK, uh, but a lot of people won't. So you you really need to, to not be stretching yourself. And I said it a moment ago, but money in the bank, right? If you're just putting if you're putting everything you have down towards the down payment, you have no reserves you know, it's not a good place to be. I mean, we're going into a recession if we're not in one already. And something a lot of people are mentioning all the, you know, all over the place is unemployment, right? Layoffs, things are going to happen. You may not be affected. You may be affected, right? It's just having that nest egg, having a little bit of cushion, you know, um, having those reserves just in case something does come up, you're, you're, you're going to be okay, right? You're not stressed. Uh, and it, it gives you that relief that you need to be able to go out and maybe maybe find the next job or, or you know, at least you're in a position where you can withstand that, uh, you know, that that little time delay, if you will. You're 100 percent correct with that, Jeb. And, and let me kind of step back. There's a couple of things that I, I like to point out, just different points in time. If we go back to 2010, um, the market was coming off of the bottoms, okay? But it had stabilized, wasn't dropping anymore. And I would scream from the mountaintops to anyone that would listen, hey, you should buy a home. Because in Southern California, in most communities, you could buy for less than rent cost or just a little bit more than rent. So once you factored in potential future appreciation and principal reduction every month, it was a no-brainer to buy. Even at that time, we said, you need to have a five to seven year time horizon because homes weren't rapidly appreciating. And if you buy an FHA, why with an FHA loan and three and a half percent down, you need a couple percent appreciation just to break even on a sale. So it's an important thing to take note of. Um, even at that point in time, we wanted to be sure that we're not using every nickel we have to get into a property, that you have some reserves, something to fall back on because things can and do happen, whether it's a job loss, an illness in the family, um, a plumbing issue, you need to be prepared for that stuff. Now, flash forward, let's say 2017, 2018, 2019, pre-pandemic, still pretty much a green light for buying homes had appreciated but affordability levels were pretty high same thing though we want to make sure we have a longer term time horizon and a lot of what i'm talking about right now jeb is really for first-time buyers who are more likely to enter with three five ten percent down a move-up buyer has to be less concerned with this because if I sell my house and I walk away with $500,000 and I put $500,000 on a new house or I put 20% down and put another $100,000 in the bank in reserves, I'm in an entirely different position oh, than absolutely. a first-time buyer. So we're really talking about two 
different things. And primarily today, talking about that first time buyer as someone renting and stepping into the market versus an owner also stepping into the market and, and making a lateral move. So we want to look at where we are with everything. We've talked about this before on, on the live uh, episodes on Wednesday. I have a, a client that bought, chose eyes wide open to buy in 2006, knowing that we were in a precarious position in the market. Some people try to compare that to today. We've gone through in depth why we don't think that the market is any way similar to 2006, 2007 right now. But we went through the risk levels that we were seeing. And they said, listen, we've rented for the last 20 years. We paid $215,000 of rent to our landlord. We want to buy a house and we're going to die in that house, but we're going to buy it and we're going to own it. I don't care what happens in two years, three years. And here we are, 2006 to now, we're going on what, 16 years. Um, the home went down. They bought for about 600. It went down to about 300. Now it's about a million one, million two, and they owe $200,000 on it. They may end up retiring to Tennessee with their million dollars of, of equity, but if they don't, they're going to stay here and in their last five years of work, get that last $200,000 paid off and own their home free and clear. Time makes um, the, the current market fluctuations much less important. No, and you said something really important there that I think a lot of people today forget about, right? I mean, for one, getting a, a mortgage in today's market, I mean, most people are still getting 30-year fixed mortgages. That's a fixed payment, right? In, in inflationary times, you know, payments are going up. We all know rents have gone up um, tremendously. But if you can be comfortable with the monthly payment and just live your life, and not look at Zillow every day, not look at Redfin every day or whatever website for the, your property value. Just make your payment and live your life. You're going to look back five, seven years and you're going to be fine. Um, you know, not only are you paying down that principal, you're likely at some point going to get that appreciation back and you're going to be you're going to be completely fine. You know, I had somebody comment the other day on a video I did and said they said, I look at my value every day. I said, why? Like, why? Why, why like do you look themselves. at your value every day? Like, it makes zero sense. Now, I guess there are people that look at their 401k every day. Even though they can't cash it out until they're 62 or 65 or whatever, they're looking at it. That, that will drive you absolutely crazy. It's more about finding the right property in the right location, being comfortable with the payment, and, and just living. And that's how... Long term, you 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 benefit from from home ownership, Josh. But let's take a side step here. Let's talk about renting. When because there are times, right? I mean, you know, Dave Ramsey is somebody that puts something out there that I I I kind of uh, latched onto, and he said renting is buying patience. And I thought it's really good because it really is. It's it's maybe it's not the right time in your life because maybe you don't have a down payment. Maybe you're young. Maybe you're really young. Maybe you don't have any credit. I mean, there can be several reasons why you can't buy a property and it's you're having to rent, but use that as an opportunity to set yourself up for what could be really long-term generational wealth. So, you know, we're going to talk about them here kind of quickly, Josh, unless you want to elaborate well, on. All I did want to say one thing, because that's beautiful, a beautiful thought. Renting buys you patience, patience to do what? Patience to solidify your situation in your job, in your relationship, in your location, in your savings, in your credit. So 
the good thing is, Jeb, you and I, during the pandemic, anyone that called and said, I'm thinking about buying, home prices were going up so fast and rates were so good that we said, if you were thinking about it, do it and be aggressive in writing an offer yep. so that you don't buy 90 days from now at 5% higher prices. That is not the market we're in right now. If you're calling us and saying, we're thinking about buying, um, but we might have a kid, we might get a job transfer, we've got a 610 credit score, we could probably qualify FHA, the DTI is going to be pinned at the max, you need that patience. So who should be renting? Um, those folks. But what I want to say is those folks should talk to a lender, get a plan, but it's not just a plan. It has to be a commitment. I have too many people who've been planning on buying a home for five, six, seven years. I'm going to get on a call here as soon as we finish recording with a guy who had a plan to buy last year and he's calling wanting to talk about buying mm -hmm. now. I can't begin to tell you how much worse that situation is going to be if he's even able to do it. So don't have a plan, have a commitment. I'm going to save X dollars a month. I'm going to clear up my credit and get that 700 credit score. It's not as hard as you think. We'll go through that in future episodes of what you can do to achieve that. But renting buys you patience to get a plan that you commit to, to become a homeowner in the future. Yeah. And some of the things that go you know, on top of that, Josh, that we've talked about and kind of would be the, the, the other side of it, if you will, you know, you're planning to move in the next few years, right? Maybe you're, you're, you're living in a town where you graduated from college, right? You just stayed there and you know, that's not where you're going to be in two to three years because of job opportunities or whatever. Probably don't want to buy a property there unless you know, that's going to be a rental property, right? There's always, um, you know, reasons why, you know, even in the short term, you might buy, uh, even if you don't plan on being there long term, maybe you're going to turn it into a rental. You're going to keep that property in that case. Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, but if you know you're going to move, if you know that, hey, listen, I, I work at Boeing in Southern California and Boeing is pulling out of Southern California and they're going to relocate all employees in the next two years because of whatever plan you might not buy. But in those cases, you might because Boeing has a way of making up relocation packages. So that probably wasn't a really good example. But the, the idea here is if you're somebody that likes to move a lot, you want mobility, you want flexibility, you don't want to be tied down to anything, then renting is okay. It, it, it You just have to understand that when you pay your rent every month, you're getting nothing for it, right? You're, you're paying down the landlord's mortgage. And if their mortgage is paid, you're just putting money in their pocket. And if you're okay with that, and, it, and you're okay with, at the end of the day, not having that that nest egg, if you will, then then continue renting and and don't sweat it right? But at the same time, if you're someone that every single month you pay that, like I was talking to a buddy yesterday, act more of a, an acquaintance, if you will, he's a friend of a friend at, at football practice for the kids. And he said, dude, I'm just so sick of renting. I'm so sick. I've done it my entire life. I'm just, I'm get, basically giving away money every month and I'm getting nothing for it. That's when you need to start thinking, okay, how, when, like, how can I do this? And he was saying, listen, I'm, I probably can't do it locally. It's just too expensive. I'm probably going to have to move out of the area if I really want to make this happen. Unfortunately, that's, that's real talk. That's something that you may have to consider in some of these cases. If you live in Southern California, if you live in Newport Beach, it's going to be really difficult to go out and buy a house in Newport Beach unless you've set yourself up financially. You might have to go explore another area. And that might be the stepping stone for at some point you coming back here. But those are things that you have to think about when you're thinking about that, that rent versus own, Josh. 
And and Jeb, a, a thing that you just said that I am one hundred percent in agreement with. Um, I we you and I live in Huntington Beach, California. Is it paradise? No, but it's pretty close. Like maybe you want Corona Del Mar, Newport Beach, Malibu. Some of these places you would say are are higher end, even nicer areas. But we live in one of the nicest places in the world. In a perfect world, most people would choose to live in a beach town like we do. Prices have gotten absurd. It is more important to own a home in a less desirable area, whatever that may mean, than it is to live in what you consider paradise. It just is. I, I understand maybe you're a surfer and you want to be within X distance to the ocean, but in terms of your life, I can't imagine renting my entire life, saving money, and then going into retirement knowing that I am relying on a landlord to be reasonable to me, to not change their mind of how they're going to disposition their property. They might sell it. They might rent it to someone else. They might move into it. They could rent, uh, increase the rents. They could do any number of things that you are not in control of, including jack the rents to a level you're not comfortable with. So it is important to arrive at retirement, whether that's 60, 65, 70 years of age, where you have a home payment that you have controlled an amount of equity that you have built up. So uh, again, you do not have to buy a home today. Anyone that pressures you or tells you that you do is wrong. Um, there is definitely um, some some warning signs that you got to go in with your eyes wide open and be very aware of. Um, I am going to be doing loans for people to buy homes. Jeb is going to be selling people homes and that's going to be a very reasonable decision, but we're going to walk them through it and make sure that it is the right decision for them. And if you're considering it, you need to do the same thing for yourself and your family. No, and the one thing we didn't touch on, Josh, that I think is important is there's also some emotional reasons of of owning a home, why it's important. Not only is it the home base for your family, like we talked about, you know, family security, uh, nesting, but it also provides emotional stability for kids growing up, uh, not having to move all over the place, staying in one location. I mean, there have been... Um, um, you know, it's been proven that kids that are, are raised in, in these homes end up in, in better positions later on in life. And, and the last thing is you have the ability to make it your own. You can paint it, you can upgrade it, you can make a garden, you can add on to it. There's, there's so many different things with owning a home that you can do that you can't rent. Um, and, and, but at the end of the day, you have to decide whether or not it's right for you. And lastly, if you want to get in touch with Josh, get in touch with myself, Get in touch with a realtor, a lender, where you're located anywhere in the U.S. There's a link in the description of the podcast. We're happy to make that referral. And lastly, we'd love for you to rate us, review us on whatever podcast platform you listen on and let us know, you know, what you want to hear. That stuff matters. That's where we, you know, we take it seriously. That's where the content comes from. We really want to help, um, you know, make you guys educated home buyers, hence the name of the podcast. But for now, we appreciate you being here. We appreciate all the support. We will talk to you soon. Adios. Thanks for listening to The Educated Home Buyer. Want to connect with us or to a local expert in your area? Please reach out at theeducatedhomebuyer.com slash expert. If you found any value today, please be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. In addition, we ask that you share it with your friends and subscribe to us on YouTube. And make sure to follow us on social media. Thanks again for listening.